Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and good evening. Welcome to Burning Issue. I'm your host, Yazid Kamaldin. So, it's been quite a week for South Africa. Still so much dilly-dallying around schools reopening, the chaos of alcohol being unbanned during level 3 of the lockdown, and of course the big one, places of worship now being reopened for faith-based communities. Last week, the Muslim Judicial Council made a rather fair and balanced decision to urge mosques to wait another month before opening, as the Western Cape remains the epicenter of the epidemic in South Africa. And to date, it has the largest percentage of infections and deaths due to COVID-19. However, mosques that wish to open their doors, as per the announcement of the state president, can do so, and that is only if they can comply with safety regulations. Strict adherence to these regulations is a must for the safety and welfare of congregants. However, it seems there's still a lot of uncertainty. So tonight we'll be unpacking that on Burning Issue. In tonight's show, we look at the regulations for masjids, we get a medical perspective, We'll look at the argument for and against places of worship reopening, and we'll look at the issue in the scope of religious freedom in South Africa. So before 8 p.m., and before we wrap up, we hope to take some calls on 021-442-3530, and your messages via SMS to the number 47913, that is 47913, or send us a WhatsApp to 072 072- Two three eight zero seven one two. That is zero seven two two three eight zero seven one two. Feel free to communicate with us throughout the show. Let us know your thoughts, your opinions, and how you feel about places of worship reopening under level three of the national lockdown. Let's welcome onto our show now Sheikh Faisal Amiruddin, an executive member of the Sunni Ulama Council in Gauteng, as well as Muslim Judicial Council's second deputy president, Sheikh Riyad Fatar. Assalamu alaikum, good evening, welcome to Burning Issue. Sheikh Riyad, I'd like to start with you because, of course, we are in the Western Cape and we'd like to just reiterate the message that the Muslim Judicial Council had sent out last week. Has anything changed? Is it still the same? What's happening to mosques in the Western Cape? Um, yes, uh, the most of the masajid has adhered to delaying of opening the masjid. Um, some masajid in the statement of the MJC or the fatwa of the MJC said, if you're going to open, then make sure that you can adhere to the state regulations as put down in the uh, by the minister. And so some of the masajid has opened in terms of that uh, safety regulation being adhered to. So do we have an idea of how many mosques and where they are, the ones that have opened? Um, we don't have an idea yet of all of the masajid. Uh, where they are opening and so on, the MDC is basically going to put a list together in terms of that. Okay. And let's go to Gauteng. Uh, Sheikh Faisal, what's happening in Gauteng? Uh, Well, from our perspective, we have decided that uh, we will leave the owners onto the masajid committees as well as the imams of that masjid. Uh, they would know best what their position is. 
uh, in terms of being able to meet with those regulations, being able to ensure safety of the community, and uh, being able to uh, go forward in a way that is uh, beneficial for the whole country as such. In terms of who uh, has opened, the same question which you had asked uh, Sheikh Riyad, and Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Sheikh. In Gauteng, uh, there are certain hotspots as well. Unlike uh, Western Cape, which is the epicenter, one of the hotspots is the Pretoria area. And uh, from our reports which we've got, there are 28 masajids who have decided that because of the circumstances they are under, they are not going to open. Uh, but the bulk of the mosques outside those areas are in fact uh, open or will be opening. Okay, let's look at some of the safety precautions that mosques have taken. Uh, let's go to Gauteng, the mosques that have opened. What are the safety precautions that they have taken? <clears throat> Uh, well, firstly, in terms of our guidelines, we had asked for the mosques to be mapped out in order to ensure <clears throat> that the amount of musallis that they would allow in would meet with a social distancing of 1.5 meters apart. Uh, so depending on the size of the mosque, you will have different uh, amounts of people coming into the mosque, and uh, it will be a, a maximum of 50. Uh, a person or persons will be allocated by each uh, committee uh, to be at the door to ensure that protocols are followed, including that the registers be uh, adequately filled in. And uh, if any signs come about, they need to follow the IMASA guidelines. Okay. And Sheikh Riyad, in terms of the Muslim Judicial Council, I mean, it, uh, it has essentially said to mosques, if you want to open, you have to take safety precautions. Let's talk a bit about those safety precautions that would need to be followed at mosques. Yeah. Yes, it, the safety precautions that we have put out from our masjid, Masjid Al-Khair, uh, is the precautions that the minister said, precautions that have come from the MJC, and precautions that have come from the medical fraternity. And um, among that is that, first of all, it's in uh, three different groups of people, and that is those uh, persons that will not be allowed to enter the masjid at all, and that is anyone who has tested positive for COVID-19 and is still in the isolation period. Uh, those who have been in contact with people with COVID-19 cases and so on, and they are PUIs, meaning patient under investigation, as well as anybody that has any flu-like symptoms, whether it is fever, chills, cough, sore throat, shortness of breath, and body aches. So that is the group of people that will not be allowed to enter the masjid at all. Then we have a group of people that we say strongly encourage not to attend. Uh, those are the people with the different comorbidities, uh, diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, obesity, asthma, uh, chronic lung disease, immune deficiency, cancer. Number two, anyone over the age of 60, which again is in line with the, with the regulation. And then children under the age of 13 years of age. And then also our beloved mothers and sisters is also encouraged to make salah at home. So in terms of that, that is just for the attendance. 
Then we also have protocols that is inside the masjid, like Maulana has said there. Uh, a register will be kept, and, and, and um, we've gone on to the system of electronically capturing them on the Google Sheets. Um, the temperatures taken and the rest of the screening is also done. So where a person, the uh, temperature goes over 37.5, the person will be asked to return home and go see a doctor. Uh, there's been specially designated areas for Salah in the masjid, so which means a Salah moves from Fajr on one place to Zohar on another place to Asr and so on for the rest of the Oqat. The normal uh, 1.5 designated uh, uh, distance between different Musallis, it's wajib, it's a must for them to have face masks on, it covers the nose and mouth and the musalla that they must bring with them. And so a host of other things that we have included. In other words, we have the no mask, no musalla entry policy, uh, the normal no congregating, no shaking of hands, no moving around in the masjid, the nafal salah being at home, sanitizing of the hands being done when they enter, when they leave, no crosses, no salah outside of the masjid, and so on. So many of these things uh, are the things that we've implemented, and that is far as the community is concerned. And then amongst us in, in the masjid, um, the committee that's been, or the working committee that's been established for that, We'll make sure that there is clear visible signage and we have what we call a spotter, um, a person that is like a compliance officer that will stand and watch whether everything is going as planned. So, um, Sheikh, I've just got some input here from our listeners. Lots of messages are coming through and I'm sure it's also about people who maybe will be going to the mosque and they are concerned for their own health and safety. Listener 101 asks, will the carpets of the mosques be sanitized? Yes, uh, not sanitized. It must, must say disinfected. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, and, and it. what is very important here as each one of us, not just the masjid, but wherever we find ourselves, we must have also self-discipline in terms of where we are, if it's a masjid, if it's a mall, or if it's anywhere that we go to, there must be self-regulation and self-screening also in terms of, of, of wherever we find ourselves. Mm-hmm. Listener 0028 asks, why don't they just keep the mosques closed until things are better? Now, of course, the MJC has said that mosques can choose to open, but it strongly urges the mosque committees to remain, to keep the doors closed for another month. So, um, I want to come to uh, the Rondeflay mosque that I went to on Friday. Um, and I just want to use this as an example, like a case study of a mosque and how they'll be working. What I've reported on, um, the Rondeflay mosque is in Grassy Park. And the chairman of the mosque committee there said that they will do temperature checks when you arrive at the, at the mosque. They'll also do hand sanitizing. And they will do um, compulsory masks, of course, and they say that people should bring their own prayer mats. Now, um, they will also have a WhatsApp line for the 50 people who can go to the mosque to make salah. You will have to send your number 
Um, I'm just kind of sharing this information for the benefit of the community so that people un- can understand also how those masks that open, how one of them, for example, will be working. So you'll have to send your name and your ID number for the wakt that you are going to, to, to make salah for. Um, and then there will be a list at the door and that list will be checked. The chairman of that mosque committee said that they will also be open only for 15 minutes for Juma'a Salah. And it's a trial and error. So I'm just sharing the information, the research that I have done as a journalist on, on, on one mosque in particular. Most mosques that I've spoken to will not be opening. So there's a number of mosques that also sent out statements and, 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 and you know, saying why they will not be opening. Can we just also understand what was the role of the Muslim community in informing, um, you know, government around its decision to open uh, places of worship? Was there consultation with government? Did government even ask the Muslim community? Either guest can can answer. Uh, Yes, uh, there was definitely a consultation uh, prior to the announcement uh, the president of the country, the Honorable Cyril Ramaphosa, had in fact uh, called a meeting with all faith leaders. And uh, this was discussed and uh, the input was brought in from the uh, various faith leaders throughout the country uh, and also across all uh, areas. And uh, it was on those recommendations that uh, the uh, government had uh, taken it forward, that further consulted uh, with other parties, and further consulted with other specialists as well, as well as with the advising council before they actually made the decision which they went, went ahead with. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Jekhriya, do, do you have any input on that question? I haven't attended that meeting as it. Uh, um, I think it was Sheikh Hassan. But yes, uh, everybody knew that the president had called the, the religious fraternity uh, to a meeting prior to the call. That we were aware of. Mm-hmm. So now, one of our listeners, um, and, and this is maybe a, it's quite a contentious question. Listener 8691 says, Will the mosque that opens, will the committee be held responsible or even legally liable for anyone contracting COVID while this, the country is still in lockdown? I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a question that somebody's asking, and um, I'm just curious to know as well. Um, yes, uh, yes, it. maybe I can answer that, because uh, initially Tasnim asked me to come onto this program because of the UKSA statement that has gone out. Uh, in terms of asking to guide government in terms of regulation. Um, And I thought that was going to be our discussion tonight. So that question was posed um, when we had that meeting on the the 30th, on on Saturday, uh, with um, uh, different groups of people present. And no, the message will not be held responsible as checkers and shop right and wherever people go in will not be held responsible legally and um, I also believe it will be very difficult uh, to prove that the masjid but um, yes no just like uh, people go to wherever they go to shopping and whatever they do by any other places uh, where it is possible also to be infected uh, they will not be held responsible Mm -hmm. so 
Here's more of a religious question. Listener 4929 wants to know, if the mosque opens up in my area, will it be compulsory upon me to go to mosque if if I hear the Adhan, if it goes off back to normal? Yeah. Um, I want to say here, the, the Mufti of the MDC has really shown compassion and accommodation for all different things. And I suppose it's uh, our Mufti Malata Karan's experience in the community. He had emphasized in the different meetings that we have, please, we will show respect to those who close uh, or suspend the, the, the Salatul Jama'ah at the Masjid. As for those who also will have Salatul Jama'ah and Jumu'ah, the same kind of respect will be there. But what he then also says that the person that feels that they are afraid to go, they might be exposed, and they make Salah at home, the same reward would be as if they had gone to the Masjid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I have an opinion that I want to share from listener 1678 to inform the conversation. The listener says, when a Muslim group in Johannesburg wanted mosques to be open for Ramadan, it ended up in the high court and the masjid had to remain closed. The community was happy with the decision for the mosques to be closed in Ramadan. The men did an excellent job leading their families in Salah, alhamdulillah. Ramaphosa said after discussions with religious leaders that mosques can be open. So the question is, who are the religious leaders and why insist for the mosque to be open after fighting a court case? My input is, I'm not sure if there was an insistence from anybody apart from the group that went to court that mosques should be open. Uh, can I come in? Yeah, here? sure. Uh, firstly, uh, I don't think uh, it was a group. It was two individuals and a masjid. So uh, that was not a uh, collective voice of the Muslims in total, number one. Number two, uh, the fact that what they had attempted to do at that stage uh uh, was their right, and no one is going to deny them that right. At the same time, uh, particularly looking at the broad overall picture in terms of South Africa and where South Africa is heading, uh, the uh, the decision went against them. And uh, I think uh, the law at that stage was at level four or the uh, application of the law at that stage was was at level four. And I think what we are now talking about, we are now talking about level three. And this is uh, another uh, area of discussion and uh, not so much as at level four. And I think that consideration should be taken into account. Listener 6883 says, Nobody holds shops responsible if anyone gets the virus, so it is unfair to even think of holding the mosque committees responsible. Let's give our guests time now for closing remarks. Inshallah, Sheikh Riyad, do you have any closing remarks, anything you may have missed out on? Um, yes, it, it, no, nothing missed on, uh, I think that you've missed out me. Uh, but I think it's important for all masajid that, are, that have opened their doors to the community to must make sure that they strictly adhere to that. It is not just an amana to the community, it's amana to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as imams we are concerned about our communities and we have to make sure that we protect them and we put in the necessary regulations that are there. Uh, some of us have done more than that regulation 
and so on. But I want to end up with what I said right at the beginning. Everything depends on yourself. There must be self-discipline. There must be self-regulation, self-screening. When you are outside, whether you're at the masjid, whether you're at the mall, or whether you're anywhere that you find yourself, make sure that you are safe. And Allah Ta'ala grant all those that are sick, Allah Ta'ala grant them shifa. All those that have passed on, Allah Ta'ala grant them jannatul firdos. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Amin. Sheikh Faisal, your closing remarks, please. Uh, well, I will actually echo uh, exactly what Sheikh uh, Riyadh had said, and instead I would like to use the word responsibility. Everyone should uh, take responsibility for their health, for the health of their fellow Muslims and for the fellow South Africans, and should be conscious of this, and uh, let all of us make dua that this uh, passes very quickly, and at the same time, uh, bring about unity, peace, love, and harmony within our community, inshallah. Shukran. Shukran to our guest, Sheikh Riyad Fatar, the Muslim Judicial's first Deputy, Judicial Council's first Deputy President, and Sheikh Faisal Amiruddin, Executive Member of the Sunni Ulama Council. Shukran. Shukran for joining us. Assalamu alaikum, good evening, welcome back to The Burning Issue. I'm your host, Yazid Kamaldin. So before the break, we've spoken to two Islamic groups, authorities, in, of course, Cape Town and in Gauteng, and we just wanted to find out from uh, them what it's like in terms of mosques, if they should open, what precautions they should take. Now, of course, the health concerns, that is important because we are dealing with COVID-19. It's a virus. It spreads. And we are now going to bring on to the show a medical perspective, and I'm going to be chatting to Dr. Ishaq Dati. He's a member of the Islamic Medical Association, and he was involved in drawing up the guidelines for Masajid to open. Dr. Ishaq, good evening. Salam, welcome to Burning Issue. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullah. for inviting me. So, Doc, the first obvious question I want to ask you is, do you think it's a good idea for mosques to reopen when the pandemic has not yet reached its peak in South Africa? Okay. So, when we speak about the, the, the pandemic, um, we have to look at the fact that the pandemic is in different stages in different parts of the country. Um, in the Western Cape, we are definitely we are the epicenter and we are in the... Um, acceleration phase of of people acquiring the the, the virus but also uh, people dying from the virus um there are other parts of the country where the where the virus is at a much low, lower uh, kind of um stage within within the pandemic and there are some parts where where, where there may be certain certain towns where there may not even be any cases with with with, with coronavirus so um we have to think about this virus going to being with us for at least a year or longer. So we have to think about how we can start living with the virus. 
and um, and also one also has to be be in mind. Um, I mean, uh, there are different um, cultural groups, including Muslims, are one of the cultural groups, and we have to be in mind different kind of sensitivities. So so it is bearing all of those things in mind that the the IMA came up with guidelines that can um, that can be applied in in any setting within the country, and basically what it requires are masajid and ulama to liaise with local um, uh, health uh, um, facilities, uh, health authorities, to find out at what stage the, the, the pandemic is, to seek the advice as to whether it is a good idea within their own locality um, to to um, allow congregational prayers uh, to the public or not. Um, and, then, and then from there, um, kind of uh, look at a very careful uh, opening of the the, the, the massage to, to to public space, and I think that um, Tushu um, outlined very well the kind of precautions that need to be taken when one does open the masjid to, to uh, as a public uh, space, um, and also to say that. No matter how many precautions we take, um, there is still a possibility that an outbreak can occur. But these kind of guidelines that we have thought through, we make dua that they can minimize um, any kind of outbreak and, and, and contain it if we can uh, follow it um, to the best of our ability. And what I'm also encouraged by is that there are some massages that are kind of going even beyond these guidelines that we have set up and coming up with new innovative ideas to, to, to try to um, uh, minimize uh, speed. Mm-hmm. Now, realistically speaking, have you done walkthroughs with mosques, committees with mosques to show them or to look at how the safety regulations would be implemented? So we've had multiple meetings with different uh, ulama bodies. What we're encouraging is, I mean, what we've done, we've done these, these guidelines, and these guidelines are, 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 are kind of policy and, and, and um, uh, 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 regulations on paper, but these need to be translated. Now, the committee that, that drew it up, and we are a small group of people, what we, what we are asking actually, uh, we've shared this with the general IMA member, membership, but we, we are asking for um, doctors um, in, in whatever locality that they're in to get involved um, to liaise with with a massage and and to be involved in the process of the implementation of the guidelines, we safe to do so. I mean, the first, very first question that needs to be asked is: Is it safe within my location to do so? So, um, I mean, personally, I'm, I'm in the Western Cape, so over here it's not safe um, for us to uh, to open a number of public spaces for people to to, to congregate. So. Um, so, 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 yeah, yeah. Locally, um, um, it, it's it's not something that we would encourage. But there are uh, we've got colleagues all over the country, and um, they are in constant communication and constant liaison, li- 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 and um, actively working with different masjid committees. Um, I, I would say that you know every masjid there would be at least one doctor that's part of the of the congregation. Get the doctor involved. Um, go through these guidelines, try and interpret it and try to translate it. 
We, we are also, um, the, the Islamic Medical Association is also a resource that people can contact or that massages can contact if there are any questions or if there is any uncertainty uh, in terms of, of clarity of, of, of the guidelines. And how do the mosques go about contacting the Islamic Medical Association? Because I can definitely see this is a valuable resource to mosque committees. Sure. Um, there are contact details that I can make available. I don't have it offhand, but I can make it available for you and anybody. Perhaps if they contact the radio station, they can get it uh, uh, f- from you. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you if you Google the Islamic Medical Association, you'll find contact details for the Islamic Medical Association on the. Uh, there's also kind of the IMA has different uh, kind of local branches. So contact your local branch, and 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 um, I'm sure we'll be more than happy to to uh, be involved. In, in trying to assist you to um, implement the guidelines in your locality to advise you, A, whether it's safe or not to, to do so, um, or to get in other expertise if, if they're not able to do that, uh, and B, um, to uh, help with the implementation uh, wherever it is safe to do so. Dr. Sark, please don't go yet. We will be taking a quick ad break, but then we'd like to continue the conversation with you. Welcome back to The Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin, and we still have Dr. Ishaq Date on the line. He's from the Islamic Medical Association, and he's been talking about their role with mosques, particularly on advising and also assisting mosques in meeting the guidelines for reopening if they choose to do so. So, Doc, you know, what I'm also interested to know in, um, what I'd also like to know is, in your opinion, do you think that the mosques are ready, though, for the challenge of managing this process? You know, we've heard from the Islamic authorities, we've heard from the MJC. It is saying that it would prefer if mosques remain closed for another month. Then we've heard from Gauteng that mosques there, not all of them have opened, although there are mosques that have opened. But do you think that the mosques would be ready to manage the process of ensuring the virus does not spread further? Yeah, I, I think that um, it's a huge responsibility. And uh, the masajids that, that, that would like to facilitate um, uh, congregational prayer at this stage, I think there's a lot of preparation that, need, that needs to go in, into that. Uh, I think the, there are, well, we know of a number of, of, of masjid committees that have made the decision not to do it at this stage and, and to delay that. Um, there's a number of things I think that massages need to consider. The one thing would be a having a plan in place and having having being sure that they've got the resources to be able to to safely do that, uh, and b to consider doing it in in a pilot and staged manner. So you know. Um, First, maybe just only have the masjid committee. The, if you're if you're planning to 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 open pilot that, you know, make sure that everything is running smoothly. Making sure the, the um, what you want to do is uh, you want to um, you want to in a way minimize the um, the, the potential outbreak um, that that could happen. Uh, and now we haven't put this into. I mean, we've had lots of discussions where, as we were drawing up the guidelines, and what we did in drawing up the guidelines, we we came to kind of a common denominator uh, being something that that masjids, hopefully, even even that are not as well resourced, can can hopefully try try to 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 to, to implement. Um, but one of the things that that we did in in our discussions, we said, well. Um, 
the ideal thing would be if people can be pre-selected in terms of going to, to the masjid. So the people with the lowest risk profile that have no comorbidity, they are the ones that are put onto a register and then they can roster from the, you know, um, when they would like to, to attend. Um, the, 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 the other thing would, the other suggestion that we, that we, that we had was that for massages to consider, um, doing it in spaces that are not carpeted, that are easy, easy to clean. So whether, whether it's weather permitting, you know, outside spaces or, or in a wall that's adjacent to the masjid that can be, uh, that, that can be um, uh, mopped out, you know, um, or, or I think as, as the uh, Honorable Sheikh spoke about, uh, different areas of, of the masjid uh, being used for different walks. I mean, these are all different ways uh, that, 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 that these can be m- mitigated. The answer to the question of whether or not a masjid is ready or not, I think it's really, um, you know, dependent on two things. The one thing is the safety in the masjid, in the surrounding area, whether that masjid is is situated in a hot spot, within a hot spot, if I can put it that way. And for that, I would say discuss to you with, with, you, with your local doc, uh, doctors um, or, um, or, or health authorities um, or with regards to that. But B, um, it's about the masjid knowing its own resource and capabilities itself. So, I mean, I think the, the, those, those are answers are best answered by, by, by the masjid. But I think the, the principle of, I mean, I think to start off in having a congregation of 50 people, I don't think that's necessarily a good idea. To, uh, having a phase-in approach of where you start off with a much smaller congregation of, let's say, 10 people, and then you shift up to 15 people, and then 20 people, you know, as you are able to manage your processes and, and streamline uh, your process, processes, that might be a, a, a wiser approach of, of doing things um, than to find oneself, you know, overwhelmed with a larger uh, con- congregation. Mm-hmm. Listeners, I want to remind you that you are more than welcome to participate in Burning Issue. You can do so by sending us a WhatsApp, and the WhatsApp line is 072-238-0712. That is 072-238-0712. You can also give us a call live on air. The number is 021-442-3530. That is 021-442-3530. We have a message, a question from listener 0115 saying, Can you ask the doctor why the same procedures are not applied for the influenza seasonal virus since 8,000 people die a year of the contagious flu virus? Okay. Jazakallah uh, for, for that question. So the difference between the the seasonal influenza virus and the coronavirus, uh, that uh, the COVID, uh, uh, the, the SARS uh, um, uh, two uh, virus that, that we are now experiencing, um, is that this particular virus human beings have not been exposed to. Whereas the, the influenza virus we've been exposed to for 100 years, so when the influenza virus came out 100 years ago, and subhanAllah, you know, I can't let you know, chose exactly 100 years for, it to, for, for this new virus to come out. But when it came out 100 years ago, it was devastating. I mean, uh, I speak under correction, but I think it was something like 50 million or so people that, that died in, in that ep- epidemic. 
So, um, and so, and it was a similar situation where people weren't exposed to this virus before. What happened subsequently is that people developed immunity. Um, and the reason why we're still getting influenza virus because the virus mutates. And, and so there will always be a susceptible group that will, um, that, that, that will be vulnerable to that virus. And alhamdulillah, you know, we do have vaccines that are effective against the, 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 the influenza virus. Um, this new virus uh, that, that we are being exposed to, uh, we don't have the immunity against this virus. Um, it, it is a, it's a pandemic, uh, and it's a pandemic mainly of, of um, the middle age and, and elderly. Um, so th- that is the age group that it affects the, uh, uh, the, the most. Um, and, and, and this is kind of a very economically uh, active. You know, a lot of people that are, that are unfortunately succumbing to this virus, maybe people that, that are, are breadwinners in, in, in their family. So, um, you know, to lose a breadwinner is, is, uh, um, is a serious thing. And we're looking at losing a number of breadwinners you know, across families. Uh, um, so, 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 so it is something that, we have to, um, uh, which has a, a higher mortality than, than, the, than the influenza uh, uh, virus. Um, so uh, until we can develop uh, immunity to this virus, we're going to have to be cautious. And, and inshallah, I think within a year or two years, once there is widespread immunity, then, um, then inshallah, we can, we can, we can relax the, the, the measures that we are currently uh, um, to, uh, um, implementing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's leave it at that. Dr. Ishaq Date from the Islamic Medical Association. Shukran so much for joining us on Planning Issue and we wish you all the best with your work. Uh, Jazakallah, I appreciate it. And, and if I could just, just end up by saying that, you know, that the, the masjids, the congregation not happening in the masjids is a small aspect of us flattening the curve. The bigger aspect is what we're going to be doing beyond that. So us kind of keeping ourselves in our homes for as much as possible, um, uh, not visiting each other, you know, and potentially spreading the virus in, 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 in that way, but still being socially connected and connecting and making sure that, that, that everyone in our social circle is, is okay during this pandemic are going to be important things that we're going to have to implement um, and that can, can take us safely through. Uh, and we make dua for that. Yeah. Doctor, you know what? I think... You've just said something which is so brilliant. The mosque is such a small part of the bigger picture. When we really consider that public life and everyday life is happening in malls, in public transport routes, at schools, when you go to the clinic, it's, it's, it's everywhere. So it's more than just about the mosque. It's really about, and the places of worship, it's really about being safe in all the other aspects of our daily lives as well. That's that I, I don't know. That was just a light bulb mo- moment for me. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also we are. I mean, unfortunately, our behaviour uh, for a number of people that can are able to stay in their homes hasn't changed. I mean, I look at how people interact with each other and not applying the physical distancing measures. You know, I, I'm really concerned uh, about that. 
So, uh, you know, if you if you if someone can do your shopping for you, if you've got vulnerable people in your home, you know, if, if, we, if you know of someone that is vulnerable and you are in a lower risk category and you can offer to do people's shoppings for them, you know, that would be such an amazing thing. So we need to think about small things like that that, that can help to, to, to flatten the curve. And we just think about our immediate circle and how we can protect them, inshallah. Um, our immediate communities and neighborhoods. And then you, everybody can do that, then I think we can make a difference, inshallah. Okay, great stuff. Dr. Ishak, shukran so much for your time. And yeah, like I said, all the best. Jazakallah, jazakallah.